Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. I'm often asked, what is the secret of longevity? And there are many secrets, but there are two approaches to it. The first approach is to look at books and textbooks and molecular biology and, you know, look at the boring stuff. The second approach is to go ask someone if they're aging well on how they did it. And today we're going to look at the second approach because I have someone very special on the show. My guest on the show today is a former lawyer, but his profile is super interesting because he is an athlete. He is the father of four children and he has five grandchildren and he is 63 young, oh, 63 years young. My guest on the show today is Mr. Urs Kraft. Urs, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. It's my pleasure to have you. And we met at the World Biohack Summit where, you know, I think we got into a conversation around biohacking and later that day, I heard you having a conversation and I heard you say you're 63. And I was like, this guy looks like 43. So I guess you get, get this quite a lot. This is actually the reason why, why I'm talking to you right now, why you want to talk to me right now. That is why I started to, to post some, some content on social media, why I got more and more interested in actually the theory about biohacking. Because I was asked, what is your secret? What is your secret? So I have to go back about my, my, my story. I was all the time interested in sports, but not to the extent right now, not with the knowledge how important it is to do sports, but I just like to do it. But uh, I remember I had my bucket list to go for one marathon. So I did that when I was turning 40 years old. In order to not injure myself, I got prepared pretty well. So I trained for three months. I changed my nutrition to have it really, really lots of carbs. I could see how my body shrank. I mean, I, I lost all my muscles almost. I mean, the visual ones at least. I got all the energy from my training. I made a, a good time. I mean, three uh, hours and 40 minutes and it felt fine That's after amazing. that and then realizing how how much you change your your body by the nutrition i really got interested in nutrition so i started to pay attention so i really lowered my carbs and i paid more uh, let's say interest in in uh, the workout why and uh, what's the result about it that's in a nutshell mm -hmm. well that's that's cool because um First of all, marathon, everyone who I've spoken to about marathons, they mostly get injured. Actually, there is a there is a good statistics out there that 70% of the people who actually train for long marathons, they actually get injured because training for a marathon involves lots of running, which involves lots of putting pressure on your joints. And we tend to think our joints are really good. And for most of us, they are. But if you don't train well, and if you don't train with the right technique, then chances are your joint, your cartilage in the next 10 years will get injured. But you were quite young when you started it. So I think that's why that's one of the things that, um, you know, kept you safe. Well, what can I say? Is 40 years young? Is it not young? I don't know. I mean, looking, looking back the way I feel now, of course, it feels like I was young, but mm -hmm. I felt actually older than I feel now. Mm -hmm. So I feel younger than when I was 40. But um, we all know that running is not healthy. I mean, running a marathon is not healthy. I mean, this asymmetric movement is not, our body's not made for that. But I wanted to experience this wall. Everybody talks about after 35 kilometers, it's like a wall, like in a dream, a nightmare. You cannot, you cannot walk even though you need to go and you cannot just move your legs. This I wanted to experience and this I want to see how do I cope with it? How can I ask my my brain my mind to force me to 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 finish to the mm. finisher line and uh, that was the experience i was wanted to experience and it was it, it was yeah really you got like, to it it was like oh yeah, yeah i did i did okay i, I suffered so I that's did. like pure suffering so you're asking absolutely. for suffering oh my god it is it is for me it was it <laughs> yeah. yeah you know what's funny is i used to live in qatar a few years ago and i was there for a short time and in one of the days i i was working out quite a lot like weight training but then I decided to change it a little bit. So there is a corniche there and I decided to go for a run. For some reason, 
I decided to go for a run and I was like, okay, let me try to do three kilometers. I could do it easily. I was fit as well. So I did three kilometers. Then I said, okay, let me do five. And then when I did five, I said, let me do 10. And I was all on this runner's high, which I haven't experienced before. And then I'm at 10. Now I started suffering a little bit, but I was like, let me push it to 15. And then there was a point that for some stupid reason, my brain told me, what if you could do a half marathon? And I remember on 22 kilometers, like I wanted to do 24 and the last two kilometers for me were crazy. By the time I finished, my legs started paining. I started shaking. I think I couldn't move properly for the next three to four days. It took me that long to recover. But in the moment, because I was in the zone by itself, with no additional motivation, I was just listening to motivating songs and, you know, the the music yeah, was yeah. pumping. I think I had some caffeine before. So dopamine was on the rise. And uh, yeah, I made it. But after that, I did not run so much. I do sprint though. What's your thoughts on sprinting? Well, I mean, if, if you prepare everything, I mean, whatever you do in sport is good, but you need to prepare. So, I mean, just coming back to my experience, I, I prepared well. And uh, my, my my former wife, my first wife, she asked me, was, uh, you you are an extreme guy, so you need to consult a medicine before, before you do that, otherwise you're going to be crippled. And so I went to the doctor and said, yes, I want to make this marathon. I want to have a good time, but I don't want to suffer mm -hmm. for days afterwards. So how shall I train? So he told me that you go five times running, three times one hour, two times two hours, and you need that kind of nutrition and stretching and things like that. So I did all that. I felt very well. And uh, he forced me, when you start, everybody's running like that. You don't. You have your pulse monitor. You take your heart mm. rate. You don't exceed that for the first five, 10 minutes, and then you start running. Otherwise, you destroy all the, 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 the chemistry in your body. So you have to follow a lot of steps by doing mm -hmm. that. So the same I count for, for the sprinting. If you prepare your warm up, your muscles are ready for that. And of course it is fun. Whatever you do, you should mm -hmm. do it well prepared. So what are the kind of sports that you do now? So you transition from going into the marathon and now I see a lot of your content in the gym, working out, trying to do handstands and, you know, inversions. So tell me about this shift from going and exploring the world of marathons to what where you are right now so any sports i have access to i like so uh, back in switzerland i was water skiing and was wakeboarding i was uh, uh, surfing i was uh, water skiing a lot i was cycling i was playing tennis squash uh what else kite surfing i was when i was traveling so whatever i have access to i like to do mm -hmm. that now here in dubai um I started to, to work out in more intense and I realized that I really make big, big progress because I had the time and I took it serious. So it was, I remember that day, it was exactly 227 days before me turning 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So I told to my PT, listen, in 227 days, I turned 60 and I want to have my best body ever. You tell me what to do and I will do it. Mm -hmm. So we analyzed that, we looked at the nutrition again, we optimized it a bit, and uh, I take the training serious. I'm not there for socializing, I'm there for training. And uh, I can say that I never felt fitter, never felt better. And now, being 63, I even feel better. And I believe I look better than when I was 60. Wow, yeah, definitely. You look great. If people are looking at this on the camera, then of course they can see this and people who are hearing this. After this, you can look at the show notes. I'll put his Instagram profile and then you can have a look at him. But, um, you know, a lot of people will start this sort of a training when they're young. And for most people who are at that age, which is around 60 or even 50, they're, dis or they're mentally discouraged to start training because they think it's too late. Do you hear about this with your friends or colleagues or anyone that you know? Well, our, our circle of friends is, is of course, younger than me. My, my second wife is around 40 years old. So, yes, there's a difference in age and, and our friends are around 40s. But still, I'm, I'm happy to say I could encourage quite some of them to become more active. They realized, yes, they are 20 years younger, but they're, they're much, much, much less fit. They're, mm -hmm. they're quite often uh, uh, feeling not well. They don't feel so uh, so so fit doing playing with the kids. I mean, a lot of things, they, they envy me for that. So they started even to give me the names like like uh, Peter Pan, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the 
the uh, the fictional character who never ages, and um, they start asking me, so what's the secret? No, so yes, people in, in any ages and at any ages they feel like either I have time to do that, I'm still, I'm too young, I don't need to do start it now, or then they feel, oh, now I'm too old. Yes, they do this, and I believe with everything you do, you need to know why you do that. You shouldn't do it because you want to have a bikini fitting nicely. You know, that's that's good for the motivation maybe, but it will not give you the consistency. You have to have you have to find a purpose why I do that. And um I found it. I mean the drive on, on, on days when 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 I feel like not working out and there's a lot of days where I don't feel like working out of course because it's no fun. You know it's hard. Mm-hmm. But once my two kids so I also have one of my small kids to be proud of the father and not ashamed of the old father. That's number one. And number two, now I realize I start to encourage a lot of people. You know, people in, in a coffee, they come to me and say, oh, I know you from TikTok. You're so encouraging because if you go to the gym. So I know I do something good. And mm-hmm. I know it's the right way to do it. Science nowadays proves it. Biohacking science knows it. It is needed to hit the gym. So that's giving me the drive to go on and go on and go what's on. your personal purpose apart from being a example in front of your kids and your kids appreciating is there something else that really drives you it's the satisfaction you know i mean there's nothing nothing as rewarding than than realizing what you do is the right thing mm-hmm. yeah a lot of the times people get discouraged from working out and one of the missing factors is always an intention and purpose so you were right. A lot of people would say that I want to get into the bikini body or I just want to lose a little bit of weight because my wife wants me to do it. But there is no intrinsic motivation to do something. And most of us are, they say we are teleological beings, which means we often look for targets to achieve in our life. And we know from neuroscience as well that every time we accomplish a target or let's say you wanted to in my head, for example, I wanted to run three kilometers first, and that was good. And then I that gave me the motivation to run five kilometers. So what I'm saying is every time you have a small checkbox and you check it, whether it's getting more fit or making sure you're putting on a little bit of muscle or running a little bit faster, that increases internal motivation. But what happens is when people don't start off with a target, a goal, or an intrinsic driver, then they never get to that motivation level and then it backspirals. So going to the gym or working out or making healthier choices becomes more of a chore than pleasure. Right, right, absolutely. You know, back in my days as a lawyer, I mean, I, I was, let's say, not a typical lawyer. As um, You were the cool one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for those who like me, yes. <laughs> for others, maybe not. No, so when the clients came and said, listen, uh, Mr. Croft, also would like you to do that and that. I first tried to analyze actually his problems and also his his his, uh, his his emotional problem to the case. I mean, going to the court and 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 fighting, this is a lot of of energy. It's a lot of stress. So I said, listen, you're ready to do that. Is it the price you're willing to pay, or mm-hmm. is it more you want to achieve it? So you have to analyze why you do something. What is it worth to you? And the other day, I read a. a speech from uh, Noah Djokovic, I really liked it a lot. He was asked why he is not uh, refusing so heavily the vaccination. I don't say it's good or bad to take the vaccination, but what he said is the right, or let's say, to make the decision about your body is not worth to be compromised by any reward, by any price, by any victory. And this is exactly what we should do. We should realize how much the body is worth to us and not compromise it with, with wrong decisions, with, with short-time goals. That's not what we're born for. What is one of the wrong decisions that you think people often make? That they have time to do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So this is the classical example when maybe work is overwhelming and people want to think of making more money and they sacrifice some of their personal time, which they could put into their health or their wellness or their sleep perhaps. And then they keep it on for some other day. And then what happens is after some days, one day becomes 10 days, becomes one week, becomes a year, 10 years, and then people start getting sick. And, Actually, right. and have you seen, because 
you know, one of the other reasons why I want to have this conversation with you is because you are def- defying the status quo. And in my perception, we need more and more people like you to be out there because one of the other things that we're actually missing out on this world is elder wisdom. Because every time someone reaches 60 or 70, most of the times we shut them up or we put them in an old age home or, you know, we just ignore them because they're not the younger people would say they're not in this generation, so they don't know how to do it. But having those people be there in from different generations, it gives another added advantage because all throughout life, most human beings have been living in tribes. And in tribes, there was always that elder person who would guide them because chances are he's done the same thing before and he knows which way to go. So that's why I think it's so important for people like yourselves in the health or wellness. Health and wellness is just one parameter of it. But just being out there and sharing your experience. Um, have you had personal friends or family who have sacrificed a lot of their health for something else? And then they, at a later stage, they realize now it's too late or I should have not done that before? Luckily, luckily not. I didn't realize in, in in my friends or family, the circle, somebody who said, well, it, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So it's never too late. That's okay. number one. You know, I mean, there's all the time, I mean, a possibility to improve. So you don't say it's too late. And of course, earlier is better, mm-hmm. but uh, never is certainly the mm-hmm. wrong way. So, I mean, I have even my, my daughter, I mean, at, at the time after she gave birth to, to children, and uh, so she called me from Switzerland and just said, you know, I mean, I, I don't feel like really happy in my body you know what can i do so i felt so proud i felt so proud when my grown-up daughter calls mm. me up here in dubai and asked me for advice i gave her advice what she could do she did it and she's all happy now and, and she's doing it with, with a great great discipline among my friends here in dubai i all the time encourage people in slow down with the drinking you know i mean yes in, mm. in, in enjoy the alcohol if, if, if you feel like it but but setting the limit you know you're not going to be happier with, with five glasses i mean two glasses will maximum do it and uh, go and work out go and work out do you consume alcohol very barely i mean i back in the days i loved good red wine i still do mm-hmm. but i only consume red wine a good red wine when it it's worth while the sin mm-hmm. you know i I'm, I'm i think we should not live in in a life where you say no to all the things you appreciate, but you have to understand the effect of consuming it. Mm-hmm. And how does alcohol affect you now? Well, <laughs> it is like this. I mean, being, being so cautious about my nutrition, mm-hmm. I mean, the the demand on, on high quality has been increasing. So the, the chances that I get this kind of quality served is so small, so I hardly get <laughs> alcohol anymore. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so here's another tip, guys. Just increase your standards so much that you'll hardly find one of those exciting alcohols. Okay, so we refer to your workout. Let's break your day down because I want to get to know more on how you live your day because how we live our day is how we live our lives. And oftentimes, the way people live their days have enough bite-sized nuggets that most of the people can take as inspirations and then implement that so tell me, how does a day in Mr. Ur's life looks like first thing in the morning? So I'm a kind of an early bird. So the latest I get up is at six o'clock. Then uh, I jump to the pool, as I said, for my breathing exercise, I would say. As long as I could take cold showers outside, I did outside. Now I have my, my cold bath inside. So I go mm-hmm. to the bath just a few seconds. Not for the, the ice uh, a bath effect because that's compromising my my effort with my gym we can mm-hmm. talk about that later yeah so but just to, to to boost my dopamine as we do mm-hmm. know i mean being exposed to an uncomfortable situation for more than 30 seconds that is boosting your dopamine level for at least four to six hours and i like that to happen so i do this then i make my stretching which is amazing. I mean, this yoga stretching, I mean, I hated yoga. I said, this is, this is, uh, I cannot do this. I mean, this is kind mm-hmm. of silly, this ohm stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and now, I mean, I'm the biggest fan of it. I mean, it changed my life. I got so more. I have authentic. a similar story. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I do this. And after that, I uh, get my coffee, my black coffee. 
my kids by then are get up, they get their breakfast. I watch them having a breakfast. I talk to them, drink my coffee. Then I drive them to the school, which I love to do. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a good conversation. A startup. I try to prepare them for the for the school to be positive. I uh, try to feel out how they slept, how, how the situation is. Then I get home. I get my second coffee. I love coffee. Mm-hmm. And then depending on the day, if it's a uh, no gym day, then I start working immediately. I take a break, being on the cycle or making some some cardio, not crazy cardio. Mm-hmm. I try to make hit from time to time. In the gym or at your house? Okay. At home. At home. Sometimes I go to the gym, but I I find it. I mean, it's like you have a way to go there. You mean and and I rather do ten minutes more at home mm-hmm. than spending ten minutes to go there. As I do not need to socialize with other people. I mean, I'm so when so when you say you're doing hit, you're jumping on a bike and you're doing like a Tabata kind of a set, or I have my bike on on a roll and I put it just on on a maximum, uh, let's say steepness. Yeah. So I really, really have to do that with the most effort. I go to the the maximum of of watts I can do. So I try to look at my heart rate, and as soon as read my 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 top heart rate, I'm done. So that can be done within ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Doesn't take much more, mm-hmm. and then. When I make longer cardio, as we talk about that, then that's going to be in, in the evening before before dinner. I sit on a bike again. I listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from podcasts, so so I do this. And um, that's the way I do cardio. After this, this morning, I start to think about lunch because and by then I slowly get hungry mm-hmm. because at 12 o'clock is my first um, uh, intake of nutrition. I uh, concentrate a lot of having proteins, vegetables, and um, good carbs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's not so many good carbs, which are really good. What are your favorite carbs? My favorite are sweet potatoes. Okay. Sweet potatoes, easy to make all the time, very cheap to do, and um, the effect on, on, on for the body is, I would say, by the best. Mm-hmm. So after preparing and enjoying the, um, the lunch, what they do now, um if it's not too late i will guess i get my other coffee again mm-hmm. so this is the third coffee for the day yeah which i reduce i mean be, before being let's say into the knowledge of what is good and bad just doing it by by uh, occasionally i had up to 20 coffees a day you know 20 coffees per day wow and it was just normal for me it was just just i mean so you're one of those fast coffee metabolizers it was it was it was just insane. Yeah? When I talk to people that I had twenty coffees a day and it felt just like having another coffee before going to bed, <laughs> you're insane. Yeah? yeah. So what happens is um, there there are mostly two sort of people that we can define who have certain liver enzymes or liver certain liver genes. These are called CYPA12 genes. And what happens is some people like yourself can have coffee and they metabolize coffee so fast in those livers. Those enzymes are very active. So that's why you can have a coffee and go to sleep or 20 cups of coffee doesn't do much for you because it just gets burned very fast. And then there are some people who have slow metabolizing genes, myself included. And for us, we might be able to have a lot of coffee, but after the fourth or fifth, it just gives us jitters. And we don't have the same effect of having coffee before sleeping because that's going to keep us awake. It takes much more time for the coffee to leave our body because those enzymes are much slower. Right. Interesting. Still, I reduced it just to explore how do I react. Is my sleep going to be different? Because there's, as we do know, certain hormones are built I mean, in, at different times of the days. So I wanted to explore that. And I do believe I sleep better mm-hmm. having, let's say, the last coffee around. Are you using the Apple Watch to monitor sleep or something else? I don't wear it. I okay. don't wear it. I try not to wear anything when, when I sleep. I, uh, I don't like to use tools too much because mm-hmm. then you, you get a let's say uh, a victim of of the tools because then you start to please the the, the numbers yeah and you, you look at the watch and say, oh you feel actually good before you looked at the watch but, the but watch your day tells is gonna you, get horrible the watch tells you you didn't sleep well so you know you don't sleep well if you don't feel like that before you looked at the watch so i don't like that to happen mm-hmm. so at times to do this just to be be, be cautious i mean curious so but uh, i don't do not on a regular basis no Okay, perfect. So you had your lunch, and then what happens in the afternoon? Are you taking a nap? Are you? No, I don't do naps. I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot almost. I forgot almost. I mean, before I even, if if uh, the house is silent, 
I take my noise reduction headphones, mm -hmm. I make five to 10 minutes meditation. Mm -hmm. This I started lately. I love it. I love it. It takes much more discipline for me than going to the gym and being on a bicycle or doing yoga. This is the hardest thing to do so far. Why is it hard? Because of just the meditation aspect or is your mind always talking because of the caffeine in your blood? I don't have coffee by then, but <laughs> okay. it's, it's the mind. It's a lot of things going on, a lot of going on. And I have to visualize, I mean, let's say, like me sitting at the beach and, and seeing the wave I should hear. And that helps me then, of course, say my mind runs away, runs away, runs away. And it's super exhausting. It's really exhausting not to go back to all the thoughts you do mm -hmm. have and to allow yourself just to, to, to take them as not important. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what about the evening? So what is your typical workout time? Are you working out mostly in the evening? No, I don't work out normally at the evening. My, my normal workout, I mean, the gym is uh, in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, in the evening, I... All the time before I go to bed, I try to make at least some stretching. Some stretching, some combined with some breathing, just because I know it it, it feels it feels good. It feels good to do so. Not if a particular goal do be reached. You know, I mean mm -hmm. it's I, I stopped trying to reach goals. This I think is my, my, my biggest achievement by becoming sixty-three now. I I don't wanna achieve anything, but I wanna go somewhere. And why is that? Why do you insist on not achieving anything? You're focused on the goal and not on the way journey. To go there. Okay. That's that's the so focus on the journey, not absolutely. on the goal. Absolutely. So you should not give rewards and rewards and rewards. I mean, this this reward system I think is the most dangerous and addictive thing we developed. Yeah, I think this is what's happening mostly on social media because the way social media is designed is to give yourself an intermittent reward which is either a like, a comment, a share, and it doesn't happen regularly. And that's how it plays with your mind because your mind is always expecting something and you don't know if it's there. So that makes, it's actually a very cool neurological trick to get you addicted to something. It it's is. called intermittent reward and for reinforcing. And um, they did this in the beginning, they did this experiment with birds where they would give them a reward and after some time give them another reward and they became very predictable. But the time that they gave a reward and they were just randomly giving awards, the birds became so addictive that they would sacrifice one of their body parts in order to get that reward. And that's how they knew Amazing. that people can harm, they would even go up to the length of harming themselves in order to get a reward. Another study done in um, one of the US um, places was where they took a group of people in a room and they said, okay, you're going to get you're going to get be off your phone for an hour. And if you want your phone, you might get an electric shock. And there are so many people who couldn't keep their phone away and they instead on getting the shock so they can get their phone. And that's crazy, right? The way our and that's also depleting a lot of dopamine from your from your pleasure circuits. And then also when you're getting these reward systems and they're not being met properly, then life just becomes boring because you know, you're just so focused on one aspect of life and you're so hyper-focused that you start ignoring everything else that's around. I keep telling people there are magic happening everywhere around you, but your inability to kind of look everywhere and just remain, you know, head down in your phone is the magic is disappearing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I was having, having two small boys, you know, that you want to, to do it in, in a good way, in, in, in a way of being an example for them so they learn and, and try to copy that in a healthy way, um, is of course um, encouraging me to do so. They, of course, they are attacked by all those things like the, the, the phones, by, by the spoilness of other children here. And um, I quite often hear, but they have this, they may do that. I mean, why can I not take sweets in, mm -hmm. in the school? So I said, I told you like a hundred times why it is not good, you know, and my function as a dad is not to be Mr. Nice Guy. Mm. I have to inform you about the life. I have to prepare you for the life. And why should they give you poison as a reward? Mm -hmm. Why should they give you sugary stuff as a reward? Why should they do this? I mean, if other people do so and they do wrong, but it's easy to say, yes, you can have it. And I, I take the sacrifice of saying no, and you might not like me for five or 10 minutes. I will do so. Mm -hmm. I will be ready to suffer for that. 
because I, I really, my wife, we take our job serious. And uh, yes, so we try to fight the early days of dopamine in my kids. Amazing. And, and good job there, actually. It takes quite a, quite a lot of willpower to say no, especially in times of stress, because it's, it's easier to say yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so much. I mean, so much. I mean, and you know, the kids are smart, you know, yeah. and they come and ask when you're really you're doing this, you're doing that. You have actually ES and, and five different sites and the eyes are also somewhere around. They come to, oh, did you kind of have that? And you have to almost just say yes. No, 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 no. Don't trick me that. No, you know it's a no. Don't kids are smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they know they, the right moment where you're the most weakest. Absolutely. So they challenge you like all the time. Yeah. And what about your grandkids? Do they challenge you? Unfortunately, I don't see them so often. They live mm -hmm. in, uh, in Switzerland. Okay. So they don't they don't challenge me. Yet. I look, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I look forward to the see them in uh, one week time. I will travel to Switzerland and see them. Yes, but uh, I can see uh, I might always do a great job. Mm -hmm. They have a healthy attitude of life. They encourage them to do lots of sport. Uh, food is uh, taken serious. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. no. I'm, 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 I'm confident. I'm okay. Confident. Okay, so let's go back to we were in the evening. And for your sleep, do you think do you do anything special for your sleep? Um, so the biggest fight is to go to bed. Mm -hmm. What time are you going to bed? I try latest to be at eleven o'clock in bed, but okay. that's that's that. I know it's too late mm -hmm. because I would like to sleep at ten. But you have your 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 routine. So the kids go to bed. Let's say let's say eight ish, and they love. And I, I come up and tell them a story. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't want me to read. I have to create the story, like all the time, you know, like being oh, wow. a fantasy, like all the time. And and they even ask you, yeah, but please make it funny, you know, and things like that. And, and I remember once I was just in, in a super energetic mood and I created the story about a grasshopper who experienced things like we human beings do, you know. Mm -hmm. And so for one story, it was fine. So the other day, the grasshopper had to go on telling stories. But, you know, of course, grasshoppers are limited in, in, in uh, living a life like human beings. So mm -hmm. I was really, really, uh, let's say, challenged in being creative. But that's what they do. So, yes, that takes some energy, brain energy. So I go back, let's say, at 8.30, and then I'm full awake. So mm -hmm. I'm full awake. Plus, I would like to do something for myself again. So I would like to read or, or, or uh, listen to a podcast. And um, this time, which is my time, is to shorten. And I have to cut it in mm -hmm. order to say, no, okay, I mean, you have to go to sleep. You know, it's important. You have to go to sleep. And I'm working on that. I'm not there yet, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm working on it. Okay, but 11 o'clock is not that bad. They say there is a, there, there is a second, wind, second wind phenomena that comes at 11 PM, which is if you don't get to bed by 11 p.m. for most people, then you will be awake till like 2.30 or 2 p.m., uh, 2 a.m., sorry. Um, yeah, so this is the second wind phenomenon. So most of the people, they try to sleep before 11, so they're able to kind of get those first cycles of deep sleep as well because as we progress through the night, we have first deep sleep, and then later on we have REM sleep. So sometimes you can miss out on that. Okay, perfect. So now we looked at your whole schedule i want to i want to be a detective and kind of look and analyze some of the things that you think you're doing for longevity something that most people aren't something that gives you the edge tell me i know that you're exercising with oxygen this is for sure so you want to tell us about that well i learned about the the oxygen therapy different oxygen therapies there's a lot and all mm -hmm. of them they they try to achieve the, the same thing so you can have the ozone therapy we can talk about that there's the hyperbaric oxygen chambers which are really good unfortunately there's not many here in dubai for a decent price um and then there is the the, the training with enriched oxygen air the effect on that is you go on, on, on a treadmill or on a bicycle and you, you put up your heart rate to at least 120. Mm -hmm. um, that gives your body under pressure, which is then transporting the oxygen you, you enrich your body with um, to the whole body much faster. So like this, you can do this. And you only do that for 15 minutes. You also don't want to let toxic in your, your, your body with too much oxygen. Mm -hmm. That's also a certain risk. So this I do and um, that works out. So yes, I consider that being uh, a thing for and biohacking. Yeah. The, you know, the, the biohacking, what I like about biohacking and, and 
shall I call myself a biohacker? Maybe yes, maybe not. What I don't like about biohacking is that too many um, pills are on the market already, mm -hmm. which some of them are really good. I do take some. We can talk mm -hmm. about the pills, the supplements I take. But on the other hand, this is inviting people to be lazy. Mm -hmm. They believe they can swallow longevity. This is not possible. I mean, the, I would say the most important thing is not what you what you have in supplements. The most of, is what you don't take, mm -hmm. that you leave out unhealthy things, that you that you leave out unhealthy habits, that you live a healthy life. This is the main longevity. All the other things is is let's say um, supplementary. Yeah, it's like a supplementary yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, I love it. You know, I mean, take enemen like resveratrol. I take, of course, my own supplement, the toxicolin. Mm. We can talk about that. Yep. And um, but that is just let's say this is just uh, the the jam on 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 the bread. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not it's not too essential. I would say. Have you tried exercising with no oxygen? Because there are some some recovery modalities where you put the mask on and you can change from hyperoxygenation to no oxygen or hypoxic situations. Have you ever tried that? No, I am actually quite interesting. I mean, a friend of mine he just bought a machine in in, uh, in Spain. The uh, it's called the uh, IWHT. Okay. This is where you actually have a, a training like in and altitude training mm -hmm. and low training and um, the effect should be very good it's said it's said science says that it has similar effects like hyperbaric chambers and mm -hmm. for a much cheaper price and not so time consuming yes it is it is one of those things where you just hook up i've been in one before where i was cycling and you put a a heart not a heart rate monitor but a blood oxygen monitor you do a heart rate as well and a blood oxygen and you wait for your heart uh, blood oxygen levels to go below 89% or 87%. And when you're 80, at 87%, there are fear circuits in your brain that turn on because they know that anything below this, you're going to pass out. And right as they turn on and your body is constantly like looking for oxygen, you increase the oxygen. And then what happens is, and I'm sure you do this in the morning when you're going to swim and you mentioned that you swim underwater and it's the same effect the carbon dioxide yeah. will allow for the hemoglobin to dissociate from the red blood cells, which means higher carbon, high carbon dioxide ratios in the body will allow all the hemoglobin to dump oxygen. So you have more oxygen availability. And uh, this could be achieved by, like you said, swimming um, underwater. I sometimes do breath hold walks. So yeah. I'll go with my dog and from every pole to pole, I'll just take a deep breath and then I'll exhale all of my breath out and I'll walk to the other one. And really like it took me a long amount of training to just walk from one pole to the other with no breath, nearly like half within like first 10 seconds. I'm like, <sighs> but now it's, yeah, it's increased. Okay. So you mentioned supplements. Tell me what supplements are you taking? So in the morning I take, I, David Sinclair, I, I like a lot. I like mm -hmm. his science approach to, to to biohacking and and not like, I mean, like Dave Asprey, it's more learning by doing and trying. Mm -hmm. I mean, like like he is is suffering like being his own laborette. Um, that's always a way to do it. I I like the, the let's say the the, the non emotional approach of mm -hmm. David Sinclair with with um, Yenemen, the reservoir role. This is what I take in the morning. Plus, uh, is there any special brand that you're taking? I take um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Pro Health. Pro Health. Yeah, that's supposed to be one of the good Pro ones. Health. I have their trans resveratrol. That's I have, what I take. Yes. Also have them from Pro Health. Yes. Okay, that's good. Uh, so that's good. I take this. Then I take uh, Taxifolin, ninety-eight percent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I take uh, vitamin D. Not too often. Um, sometimes B complex, also not too often. This I'm more like take once a week or something like that. Why are you not taking vitamin D often? Do you have you got your vitamin D levels checked? Are you good? Uh, no? I I should do it. I should do it on a regular basis. But I mean, to my knowledge, what I've been researching on, it, there's no need for me being exposed to the sunlight like like mm -hmm. as much as I am. I don't need to to overdo it with okay. vitamin D. But I do it in con in in combination with calcium. My calcium level has been a real uh, uh, realized that they're too low, so I have mm -hmm. to take some calcium. So, and the calcium intake is is uh, for the body easy to absorb in combination with vitamin D. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's another thing that you can add to it, if I can suggest, it's called vitamin K2. And what happens is a lot of the calcium that we have in our bodies, they can be deposited in in rather than in the bone, in the arteries. And this is what is called arterial calcification. And most of the times what a lot of newer supplements will do, they will combine vitamin D3 with K2 because when these two vitamins are digested together, then you have the calcium moves away from your arteries and goes into your bones and gets absorbed and goes into your teeth and goes into the places that it should be going. So think of vitamin K2 as a um, handler that takes calcium and puts it in the right places because um, a lot of people in the world, they will be eating a lot of calcium, but not a lot of those calcium is getting deposited into their bones. And this might be one of those reasons. Okay, so vitamin D, you do calcium. What else? The the taxivoline, the pills I take. This is yes, tell, talk to us about that. This is so white taxivoline. This is this is. I mean, this is actually the reason why I'm into biohacking. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a science perspective, not just I mean trying to live healthy you know, in this way. So I'm uh, having a company in in Germany is uh, a so content marketing. And the producer of Taxivaline, he contacted this company for the marketing. And after they talked, the uh, creative partner called me up and said, well, you need to talk to this guy. I mean, this guy is just the same mind like you are. You mm-hmm. know? So we need to talk. So we set up a call. And after one hour call, we, we said, yes, we, we need to meet. So then uh, while I was in, 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 uh, in Marbella for holidays, he lives in, in uh, Mallorca, we met. And uh, we became friends, and and uh, I had some ideas what to do with tax free. And I said, it was, I want to be the ambassador for tax free because you are exactly what tax free is. I mean, it is exactly what you are, where you live. That's what I want to do. So then I, I got more into all those supplements, and and didn't take any supplements, more or less vitamin C because I didn't know better, mm-hmm. but nothing else, and. Um, so now about this taxifurin. Taxifurin is the, the strongest natural antioxidant. We have vitamin C. There's a, a, a science list how much is the potency of absorbing free radicals. We mm-hmm. all know we don't want to have free radicals mm-hmm. because they are free and they they do, let's say, combine in structures which are, can be unhealthy, can be leading to cancer, even to, to uh, uh, Alzheimer's, et cetera, et cetera. So, Vitamin C is the potent of, of uh, combining or absorbing 50 free radicals. So mm-hmm. Taxury 98 can do 2,000. Wow, 2,000. Okay. 2,000. And as you know, vitamin C, if you take one gram, that's max you can absorb. The rest will be just digested. With the taxurin, you can take as much as you want with any side effects and the body can absorb it. We may test up to 15,000 milligrams per day and there's no side effects. We recommend 40 milligrams a day as being sufficient. And the benefits is, uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Can you find this in Dubai? Because I haven't heard many people talk about taxifolding. Not yet, not yet. There's, there's a few places where I sell it. It's before uh, his bike store. Mm-hmm. He's very, very into healthy living. So he, he got uh, really hooked about that. Then in, in the gym, I train and online. They, they audit online. Um, some people they they realize the positive effect when they go out, they consume alcohol, they take tax from before and after, they have no headaches and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, alcohol produces free radicals, you yep. know, uh, killing the free radicals is all help. So, but that's not the main reason why you should take. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's not a way to get drunk outside <laughs> and take tax of It's, it's not a free pass, you know. <laughs> So, but uh, that that's the thing. And I have people, they call me up, they oh, so I, I travel and uh, I'm out of taxi green. I mean, I need it. I cannot travel if I have a taxi green. Mm-hmm. And people try it. Just the other day, I had a, um, a plastic surgeon. He tried it. He liked it a lot. Then I had the uh, sports guys. He trains with professionals in, in, in Dubai and in France. So he called me up and said, is there any science proven that is... Uh, accepted even under the anti-doping list because you want to give it to the yeah for the athletes it's difficult yeah, yeah, too. because it's, it's really energizing so uh, we work on that yeah that's actually okay interesting so taxifoline i'm going to take some advice from you and some literature and i'm going to read up on taxifoline because yeah it's i think i've heard about it sometime but i've never looked into it completely 
it's also called the quercetin quercetin yeah okay yeah okay it's it's it's, it's another name for it yeah that's so and it's a very strong polyphenol yes correct yeah, absolutely. so i do what i do is um when i make my tea i make this super anti-aging tea and one of the things that goes into it is quercetin take my pill you, you don't need it yeah <laughs> yeah so i do the powder i do powder the arco yeah. i do some of the other herbs and yeah. spices to make that but yeah let me experiment with yours and let's see um and if anyone has experimented with it please let us know how you feel okay so what about your nutrition you said a couple of times that food is very important are you on a specific kind of diet are you restricting your calories are you eating a lot of calories what's your approach on this nutrition side i never look at the numbers of calories mm -hmm. i i try to get enough protein mm -hmm. i um, hardly touch any any uh, let's say processed carbs so there is bread i loved bread i really loved bread all kinds of bread or some specific bread i actually like white bread as well yes <laughs> so no i know it's not good so i mean is it worth eating it no it's yeah. not so good that i should damage my body doing it so mm -hmm. i i reduce this i mean let's say once a month i have mm -hmm. a croissant together with my boys when i go to the kai picture so yes i do this okay um but i normally don't eat bread uh potatoes very very slow and i try when i eat potatoes to cook it cool it down and then warm it up Mm -hmm. as this is having not the peak in, in mm -hmm. uh, blood uh, yeah it's the, called uh, resistance starch exactly so, so for anyone who's listening here is a cool trick for you cut even for most starches cook your starch cool it and then warm it again and there is a difference so the biochemical pathways of the carbohydrates themselves they change from amylose to amylopectin and the more amylopectin you have it basically lowers down if i remember correctly then resistant starch like potatoes will lower down their carbohydrate percent and their calories by 50 percent because most of them goes to the resistant starch with then the gut bacteria eat and then this also helps act like a fiber in the gut it's more fiber it's more it, it, the percentage of fiber is increased and what we try to achieve in our diet is to have let's say uh, no peaks in our blood sugar that mm -hmm. we try to achieve and so that's why we should avoid all those kind of, of, of carbs which produce it. So that's why sugar is highly forbidden. You know, that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons. And uh, the same is with potatoes. Potatoes are actually good nutrition, but mm -hmm. the peaks are not welcome. So we have to reduce those peaks. So instead of this, I love sweet potatoes. This is my favorite, as I said, and the guinea I, I take, and uh, vegetables, uh, kidney beans. And um, yeah, there's not much more. What about meat? I do, yeah. Now about the carb section, now we go to the protein <laughs> okay. section. Uh, meat, beef, I eat uh, birds, of course, I mean, uh, chicken, and uh, I love fish. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how much percent, if you, I know you don't count calories, but like, let's look at your plate. How much percent of that is carbs? How much percent is protein? How much percent might be fat? So I would I would say in grams because I, okay. I do not in percentage, but I, I try to concentrate on on the minimum uh, percent uh, grams on protein. So I try not not to have less than 120, 130 grams of protein a day. Okay, and what's your weight? Right now, I would say around seventy. Okay, so okay, perfect. That's good because there are some recommendations out there that. So there are two things that I would like to highlight. First thing is, protein is important. Everyone should be eating protein. If you're looking to build muscle, the minimum amount of protein that you need is 0 0.8 per 0 0.8 grams per kg of body weight. And if you want to increase more, like you want to gain a little bit more, you can bump up the protein. But the other thing which I would like to highlight here is after 40, after a person turns 40, there is higher increases of something called as sarcopenia, which means you start losing a little bit of your muscle mass. But what sarcopenia also does is that it doesn't allow your body to assimilate a lot of these amino acids from protein so what that means is as you get older you have to pay more even more attention in having protein because your body is not going to absorb it are you doing anything special for your body to absorb the protein like digestive enzymes or you know 
the one of the other things would be to have um, essential amino acids or have these increase the um, hydrochloric acid in your stomach by having apple cider vinegar or something before a meal? No, I, I just I just <clears throat> I I try to combine it with with uh, with um, lots of of fibers. Mm -hmm. The digestion of, of protein sometimes heavy on digestion, so I try to combine that with, with a good fiber food. So that's that's helping me and needed. Plus, some part of the protein intake I need to take by by, by shakes, unfortunately. Mm, yep. So I try to do good shakes, which which have all the list of of supplements and nutrition uh, helps, which is good. And um, because I, I I rather I rather have a shake than compromise my nutrition by having some available fast food which i know is not good for me mm -hmm. yeah the fast food and the processed food aren't the best and sometimes yeah shake it's it's good because especially i forgot to ask you are you f doing any kind of time restricted eating or fasting or yes i do i do okay. and I'm, I'm pretty pretty consistent with that um it all started by by chance i heard it's good but i could not imagine me me not doing that and um so my normal breakfast was nice. I have my bread, my egg. You know, so I normally have. Even if I have egg, I have two eggs, full egg, and two white eggs, and mm -hmm. tomatoes, and and the protein bread, and all that. And uh, but it's kind of boring. You know, you get up, you eat, you eat all the same things. So I said, no, I cannot eat it. So my trainer said, why don't you try the, the intermittent fasting? And uh, I tried. And since then, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it ever. How many hours are you fasting? 16 hours. No, 16 hours. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when you're doing time restricted eating, that means you even have a more shorter window to eat the foods. And then if you want to eat like two times uh, the amount of protein that you're eating, it becomes difficult. So fair enough. It's good to have some of those shakes. It's challenging at times. It's really challenging at times. Also, if you have a day, you know, I mean, you have to go pick up your boys, don't say the boys and the work or meetings, you know, and so this is this is a needs a lot of planning that's mm -hmm. actually the hardest thing about the time restricted eating a lot of the people who are listening to this show might not will have the same problem they might not be that great in planning do you have any tips or advice for people for planning ahead for such things well it it starts with the shopping i would say you know if if you have the right food in the house you can eat it mm -hmm. if you don't have it you cannot eat it so don't have not good food in your house then sometimes when you when you cook food, I, I love cooking, you know. I love okay. cooking. So when I cook, I make big portions and I deep freeze it. So I can take it out and have an and like like fast food, good mm -hmm. food. So that that's helped. So the planning makes it easy. And if you know your day, you're gonna do this and this and that, you have to think of, do you have time to prepare cook to food? No, you're not. So you know that's the shake is gonna be your first food, and maybe around two o'clock or three o'clock you have a, a nice snack, which could be, I mean, some fruits and um my snack is um, I make cookies for myself. Cookies? cookies. Okay, tell us about he that. Healthy cookies. Just out of an emergency, I th I need food. I need food, mm -hmm. but there's no time for cooking. There, there is no time to really eat. And you cannot buy it. Mm -hmm. Everything you buy, those crunchy stuff, is full of, of, of e stuff, is full of uh, um, processed food. So no way. Mm -hmm. So then I started looking around, what do I like and what makes sense to eat? Mm -hmm and we have a thermomix that we know thermomix mm -hmm. it's a cool machine i love it um so i have dates i throw the dates in then all kind of seeds and nuts i mean uh, anything i love like it pumpkin seeds pumpkin and, okay. and sunflower then sesame seed white and black and also and, good for testosterone levels yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, almonds of course so i get it all mixed together i mean cut in pieces then on the side I prepare, let's say, um, a small shake of uh, chocolate with no sugar mm -hmm. or uh, whatever flavor you like. So you mix it with this 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 this, this dough kind of mm -hmm. of, of um, smashed things. consistency. Yeah. Yes. Then I add some oats, mm -hmm. and I try to to you cannot roll it. You squeeze it on 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 a, on a kitchen paper, on a baking paper, mm -hmm. then. You need to cover it with another baking paper, and then you come with this. This uh, what is called in English? Uh, this, uh, this this wooden stuff roll to do. Oh yeah, you we use it a lot in India. Oh, what's, what's the name for that? 
I know you put me on the spot. Okay, so I mean, yeah. I mean, this this wooden stick, you know, the wooden stick <laughs> that you use to flatten things exactly. out, and you can roll it right. to flatten. So you you really flatten that as much as you can with all your force you have. Then you put it in the oven for I don't know depends. I put it in uh, 160 degrees, so keep it slow, so it's not burning. Once it's it's so solid that you can cut it, I take it out, I cut it in pieces, then mm -hmm. put it back. So it gets a nice crustiness for that, and then have a fantastic snack. Amazing. So the next time we meet. Bring some cookies. I will do. I will do so. <laughs> and that would be nice. Yeah, it already sounds amazing. Okay, cool. So you know, we we've spoken about your daily regime. We've spoken about your supplements, your nutrition, your workout strategies. Now, this has been very helpful because it's given a people a lot of insight into your life. And the more I look at it, is you know, sometimes people are discouraged to do something because it's way too much or way too out there. But you're actually doing some of the most simple things in life, but you're just doing them so consistently and so much with your heart that it's translating into your longevity. And this is amazing. And that's what that's one of the messages that I want to give people is that don't think all of this is very complex. You know, having a routine, having a schedule, having simple time management skills, just having the right kind of food available in front of you so you can make it and eat it, you know, having a purpose, all these things are not rocket science. And chances are, if you do spend some time either with yourself or your trainer or your coach or your partner, you will be able to figure this out. Am I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. People try to say, oh, no, it's too complicated. I cannot do this. So first of all, nobody should ever say, I cannot. Mm -hmm. This should not exist. Any vocabulary, I cannot. You cannot yet, maybe, you know, but mm -hmm. you can do it. If you want, you can do it. And everything, everything is there. The science is there. So, again, I love the biohacking ideas, but on the other hand, it, it, might, it might shock some people to go into this. Oh, no, this is some high-tech, healthy mm -hmm. stuff. Now I cannot do this, so I'd rather be unhealthy, you know, because this exactly. I understand. So, no, it's not that. It's not that. It is there. And the good thing, I mean, actually, longevity is an, 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 a, an a healthy approach of biohacking is combining all the knowledge, the science knowledge, and all the knowledge back in the days, for thousand years back, you know, particularly from Asia, mm -hmm. including all this knowledge. I mean, we talk about biohacking. I mean, we talked about about the, the the food, about the workout, the supplements, but I mean, we also talked about yoga mm -hmm. and 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 the meditation. This is an important part. It's very very important because that gives you actually mental strength. To do all what is needed to feed the body with the with the nutrition and uh, with, with the heavy workout so all that the combination and also stress in life absolutely that's, that's a big one right yeah i mean and particularly ladies should listen to this i mean quite often at, at parties they can do oh, so what should i do you know you know my tights are still so what can i do so of course you tell about food but also say do you have stress yes mm -hmm. i'm also stressed all the time all i'm stressed all i'm stressed so then start with yoga mm -hmm. You don't burn fat when you're under stress. Stress is stopping burning fat. Mm -hmm. So if you can go for a walk, if it's a warm, then make yoga. Just mm -hmm. yoga or meditation. One hour of yoga is burning more fat than running around. Mm -hmm. Apart from yoga, do you have any other stress management strategies that you have had in your personal life or something that you've heard of? I Having children... It's stressful. It's, it's stressful <laughs> in and the beginning it, and no it is all the time stressful. all the time okay. of course but it gives you a chance to to learn to cope with it mm -hmm. because you know you don't achieve it and you see all the mistakes you do you get mirrored by your kids mm -hmm. so if you see a behavior you think that that's the wrong way to do it and say, oh my god that's me so yes they they show you how to to cope with the stress and you, you put yourself on the stress you put the children on the stress it it, it, it backfires so that's helping me a lot. That's my, my personal experience. Okay. And um, I try, I try not to be loud. Mm -hmm. Even if you're stressed, you know, when you're on the time and, 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 and kids don't listen, you know. So I rather I rather do it in, in such a way that I say, listen, guys, you might not listen, but maybe you hear, but you will feel the consequences of listening. And um, but it takes so much energy. Mm -hmm. it takes energy but it is at the same time it's it's de-stressing me okay amazing i heard today uh, today or maybe yesterday that if you are really angry then count from 10 to 1 
and chances are no if you're angry count from 10 to 1 and if you're really angry then count from 100 to 1 and what that does is allows you time to kind of make more because when you're when you're more when you're stressed then chances are the logical centers of your brain aren't getting activated and that's your prefrontal cortex and when you do some sort of a logical math or you know counting that drives more blood into the frontal areas of your brain which then can help you look at the logical aspect that a right. hey, right now if you scream or you throw things like it's not going to work it's but not. in the moment all of your blood flow or like the energy resources in your brain are in your amygdala which is the emotional center of your brain which is faster to access than the logical centers of your brain so i interviewed a cognitive scientist from amsterdam called kevin and he told me that anger most of the times will last you for about three and a half minutes so if you're angry don't react to anything for the first three and a half minutes and that will give you enough time and i assume that's because of the brain brain resources going to the prefrontal cortex Another thing that I'd like your opinion on is actually two things. Today I've been engaging in some conversations and you know this thing is coming up again and again that things people are just very busy these days. You know, you talk to the Uber driver and he's going to tell you he's very busy and you talk to the mom she's going to tell you she's very busy. Today I was with a principal of a school and they're opening up a new school and he's like, "Hey man, we're just so busy, everything's happening." And then I know in my life I'm very busy as well but then I look at everyone around me and everyone is busy. How has this being busy changed over the years because you have the last 63 years or at least you know 50 years something to tell us. No I mean this that's that that's a sad thing about technology you know it it gets worse and worse you know everything we have those aids to help us they they slave us they really slave us i mean it started back in the days some people listen they may remember that there were telex you know i mean maybe you have to google up what telex mm-hmm. is actually most so, young people will not know what that know, is no it, no it it's not a magic word it's it's what a tech tool so telex but you didn't need to reply immediately you mm-hmm. had two days three days you know so then we had email now you have to be very fast then you have now the the social media the, the, all those those communication skills messenger absolutely super fast you know and now the worst thing we have ai oh yeah ai so i mean if nobody knows that no, somebody doesn't know that so go ai and if you cannot reply within seconds you have control ai so everything is faster and faster and faster and the problem is we are not so fast we are not so fast as the machines we need time we need time and we also need emotional time and you don't have time for our emotions we don't live our life mm-hmm. and and this is my fear so get off all the technical tools get off all this stuff and just sit down have an interesting talk with mm-hmm. some interesting people you learn you know you learn much more than looking at the screen okay and how do you manage your emotions do you have any hacks or tools well for me the the shift from from being let's say not not grounded is in the morning after my stretching i make my headstand mm-hmm. after two minute headstand you're a different person okay. that that lasts for many many very long time yes oh, amazing so you're headstand, doing yeah absolutely yeah. you're doing the headstand you're doing the cold plunge so both of this might be giving you like oh yeah it does extra edge okay great if you had a time machine and you can go back in time and give one piece of advice to your younger self what would that be try to find out what you're passionate about okay try to find out what you're passionate about and then go in that direction and then do it and then do it you know and and uh, don't don't allow other people to tell you what you need to do mm-hmm. i mean this and it's even worse nowadays and and, and the pressure on yeah it's telling you what to do <laughs> everybody's telling you what to do yeah. you know and and you need to be be so smart in so many things you know that you don't even have time to find out what you're good in mm mm-hmm. you're just trying to impress everyone else yeah right it's like a social thing as well okay so anyone who's listening here is a advice from a person who lives and looks like half his age or even lesser so take that seriously look what you're passionate about explore it and then don't let the world tell you what to do do what you can take some advice but do what you really feel like doing because that's going to 
get you that passion, the drive, the motivation to excel in whatever you're doing. And we know from studies that the longest lived people on this planet also live with a purpose, with an intention. And whatever they do makes them less stressed. So if you're living a life where you're doing something and you don't like it and you hate it, that's going to create more free radicals. Then you have to call him for taxophiline. But do it, do it. <laughs> Get stressed. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Or this has been a fantastic interview. I am so happy. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your energy, your presence, and your experience, which I really appreciate. Thank you so much. Amazing. Great pleasure. Great pleasure. Thank you. And this is me, your host, CJ, signing out from the Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone have a great day, a great week, a great lifetime ahead of you. Thank you, everyone. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.